From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey guys, welcome back to Book Circle Online. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and I'm here today with Issa Ray. Many of you know Issa from her web series, Awkward Black Girl, and we're here to talk today about her new book, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I love the book. I'm so glad. I'm glad you didn't start off like, I hated this. <laughs> That's so. how you usually start, though. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. I'm lucky. <laughs> no, I liked it. I, it was like origin stories for the web series. For sure. Yeah, for the web series, for my life, for just like how I came to be this, this awkward black figure. <laughs> Right, I like that you started the book like in chat rooms. You were, as you said, a cyber hoe. Yes. Uh, on the internet. And then we book ended it back on the internet with the web series. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I wanted to like talk about my journey from, I don't know, being like a, an internet slut to actually using it to propel my career in yeah. a sense. And I would have never drawn the correlation, I guess, had I not written this in a way. It was like journaling and, and being like, oh my gosh, I guess. This my my comfort level of being online ended up helping me to sort of spur my my creative career. Oh, so that came as a surprise. Too. It came as a surprise. Honestly, right. I was like, oh, is there a correlation between catfishing and like <laughs> making web series? Maybe there is. Oh, that's so funny. Also, like, I love that you're on the cover of Essence at the very moment. <laughs> yes, it's a big deal. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I was very very like nervous about it. Like, why am I here? But oh it was no, great. But um, like going back to like the internet, I felt like there was like a small sense of awe. Like the women were like, "We didn't know that was possible." Like what you did. I know. I mean, I didn't know it was possible. Honestly, like I, I wish I had some master plan. Like this was my 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 idea the whole time. Yeah. Like, it was just really it came about from not being able to break in, and it it worked out. Also, like it wasn't. It didn't take too long. You know? I mean, I started, it feels that way, but like Awkward Black Girl was my third web series. I started okay. making videos in 2006. Awkward Black Girl didn't pop off until like 2011. So okay. five years of making videos. You were making videos for five years or Awkward Black Girl for five years? I was making videos for five okay. years. Yeah. Gotcha. And then I released Awkward Black Girl in 2011. Wow. What but was, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to know, like, were you watching videos at any time? I mean, internet videos. Like, when did you start watching online videos? Um... Six years ago. Okay. Okay. So you were ahead of the curve. But but it wasn't like web series though. That was like a foreign game to me. It was like a crazy clip from like Wife Swap. You know, (laughs) like Dark Sided. (laughs) Just say that video. Dark Sided. No. Oh. I love that. That was your first example. (laughs) That now I know that you were watching online. Yeah, and it's like the one video that you like have seen ten times because you show ten friends, and each time it's funnier. So you watch viral videos. Yeah. And I guess that's why, like, that's why I didn't imagine, I guess, that web series would be the sort of transitional element to, to mainstream. Yeah. I think, too, once I caught on a web series, like, two years ago, it was, um, like, a full-fledged art. Mm. You know? They were, like, okay, clean. They ago. knew what they were doing. It's true. And I think that we were, like, we were definitely trying to find our ground. It was super bootleg because people were more forgiving then. Like, you know, you were watching viral videos or cat videos or people, like, falling and yeah. that could be any grain of quality and you'd watch it. Whereas now I, th- I feel like people are less forgiving of shitty content. Yeah. I think also because, um, yeah, feel free to cuss. Sorry. Okay. I <laughs> it's the internet. <laughs> um, yeah. Also like, because then I believe like nice gear was used for movies. And so mm-hmm. like you had like your crappy gear for web and now it's like beautiful stuff is online. So beautiful. And you have a lot of people, you have a lot of like name talent, um, yeah. a lot of like name behind the scenes talent, like, 
flocking to online because there's just so much freedom. Totally. When was, like, in the process of Awkward Black Girl, when was, like, was there one big moment where you said, wow, this is a big deal? Oh, man. When people paid for it. Like, you know, you create stuff and you never expect that people are going to buy like oh i made this picture is anybody going to buy it like we made this web series and we didn't have money to continue it and people contributed to it like we they wow. put sixty thousand dollars into the show and i would have you know that's when i was like wow people really like this and they they want to see it continue that's wild without her season two that was for the middle of season one like wow. it was the middle of season one we did a kickstarter campaign i didn't know like how i was going to continue i was mad broke i just quit my job and I was like, I don't know, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And people were like, here's our money. And then wow. season two, yeah, they, I guess when, when Pharrell called me, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're in there. <laughs> now, did he actually call you or like an assistant? <laughs> he, okay, so his, his creative director called me first, who I was already awestruck by because she was, um, it's Mimi Valdez and she used to be the editor-in-chief of Vibe. And I like interned oh. at Vibe. So I was like, Mimi oh. Valdez is calling me? And then she was like, I'm going to call you back with Pharrell. And so then that's how that happened. I don't have his number. Okay. I didn't start saying <laughs> Let's it text phone. him. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get it, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I also like the recurring theme of, like, in the book and the web series, like, not being the right kind of black. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting, too, because, like, that, like, resonates so much. Because, like, I feel like the majority don't feel like they're, like, the right kind. It's true. It's uh, People don't feel like they're the right kind. I feel like it's split. There are people that, I guess, don't feel like they're the right kind of black, that they don't fit in, and then yeah. there are people that are, like, defining what it is to be black. And those people suck at the end of the day. I mean, you can't, like, place a limit on what black is. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Nobody's the same. And I think there is a limit because, um, like, metaphorically, mm-hmm. um, because there's fewer examples in, like, media. I think that that's a huge part of it. And, you know, that's something that I've um, strived to change in a way. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to be able to do it single-handedly. And I'm not, like, in a position of power to dictate all mainstream media images. But I can support, like, people who are offering an alternative representation. Representation. Totally. And I don't want to, like, poo-poo on your brand, but I don't think you're that awkward. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. I feel like I've learned to mask it, but I definitely am. If you put me in, you still feel that way. Ugh, it's worse now. It's really, really worse because I feel like now they're like, in a sense, eyes on me and expectations. And I once that happens, then I, it's just, I, it's I'm ripe with opportunity to be awkward. Oh, really? You wrote too about like the demilitarization of your blackness. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because then you also like named the book awkward black girl yeah because again my like it, first of all it's my experience in right. terms of feeling like i don't fit in with the with this specific definition of blackness but like um sometimes i just don't feel like talking about it and i feel like that's my right and i don't yeah. feel like talking about especially the negative aspects of of being black like i don't want to have to be relegated to talk about that all the time and and to talk about it for all black people and i think that's a lot uh, a lot of People who feel like they're the token in certain situations feel that way. Um, And that could be, you know, it it just gets exhausting and frustrating. Like, I don't want to necessarily be a mouthpiece all the time. But I'm going to talk about it on my own terms. Yeah. And I thought one of, like, their recurring themes on the book was just, like, microaggressions. Ooh. You know? Sure, yes. I mean, microaggressions are real. Yeah. And they almost sting worse because you can't call them out. Yeah. Um... You can, I just, but it's harder. It's definitely harder because people like you think that you're crazy. Like, come on, did you really? Are you being really sensitive right now? Like, you're yeah. looking for stuff, 
And, you know, you just have to figure out a way to, to best deal with it, I guess. But I don't yeah. know if there's a foolproof method to call out microaggressions. I don't know if you figured it out. Let uh, me know. No. Yeah, I'll text you. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> then text Pharrell. Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, and I thought one of like, the best examples in the book was about, like, just, like hair. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, hair has always been um, a touchy subject just because we put we place as women especially as women of color we place a lot of value on hair and it almost like determines your self-worth and um like with my grade of hair like people have always tried to touch it in a way and some people don't even mean to be most people don't mean to be offensive and saying i want to touch your hair but that could be taken as a microaggression in and of itself um because you know i don't want to be treated like an animal or some foreign object or an alien where it's like what is your hair what how is it like this you know you just want to be able to just be yeah i mean i hated that you wrote that you like got a weave and then like we're like finding more respect i I hated it too but like it was true honestly like the number of compliments the number of the amount of validation i got just from having like straight long hair was insane to me and you know i almost like fed into the hype like well shoot i'm not gonna be like this all the time but yeah, it feels nice. It does Unfortunately, feel nice. Then you realize, oh, it's not mine. That's not me. I didn't, yeah. this. I didn't grow this myself. Uh. Somebody in India did, and I just put it <laughs> on my head. So it was. I don't. I don't like that feeling at all. Yeah. You're right. It's so hard too, because like ethnic hair is so vastly different than current beauty standards. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and even with like ethnic hair coming into um, popularity and in, in, yeah. in certain shows and things like that. It's still not a. It's still a very specific grade of hair. It's still a very like mixed girl type of hair, and so this isn't really valued just yet. Yeah, I remember too, like in How to Get Away with Murder when Viola Davis took her wig off. Yeah, it, it was a big moment. But also, I was like, oh my god, that's unbelievable that it is such a big moment. It's a big moment, but also in that sense, it was like it was still seen as like she's stripped of she's stripped of all her beauty. She's just really bare. And that was like, that hair represented her being like stripped of, of anything else. And it wasn't necessarily seen as, as beautiful. It wasn't a beautiful moment in the sense yeah. that it was like a raw moment. Oh, it wasn't like taking off a mask and you're beautiful. And yeah. You're it taking like, off the mask and it's like, okay. You're no, right. no, <laughs> put the mask back on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, also, I mean, I was thinking about like all those like popular beauty videos, which are in style now. Like style videos? Um, just like YouTube videos about like, oh. let me teach you how to do your makeup and your hair and a, like a French braid. And it's like, it's very rarely like an ethnic girl. Yeah, I feel like. There's definitely there's segregated communities, which I guess makes sense because you're gonna go to who you who looks like you and who has the same kind of hair or fashion yeah. as you. But it's definitely like the mainstream ones aren't, you know, I guess ethnic. Yeah, but like, I was thinking too, like about like beauty products. Like mm-hmm. that is in an industry that's been around for like hundreds of years, and yet like Miss Jessie's like hair curl product, like it's been around for ten years. I'm so impressed that you know about Miss Jessie's. <laughs> <laughs> First of all. Thank you. <laughs> Did you interview her for the book? Her book no, 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 no. Um, yeah, she's been around for ten years. That's There's nothing. T- and like, like black hair specifically is like a billion dollar hair industry. Billion dollar industry. Um, like people. But it's not. It's it's so new though. It's not like black women finally started having hair. 
Like they've always had hair. <laughs> yeah, I feel like these yeah. products have been around. Okay, I, I've, uh, mainstream products are now like catching on to yeah. the fact that or, black hair. Is sorry, different. I guess what I'm meaning too is like it's like uh, for for naturally. Like yeah. you, there's oh, you can always get it straightened and right. stuff, and like these harsh chemicals. But right. there's like a natural product. Yeah, there's like a revolution happening now that like more people are starting to another revolution because it happened in like the 70s and the 60s. Yeah. But now people are really starting to embrace their hair just as as a non-militant way. It's just like yeah. I just want to wear my hair this way because that's how it grows and I think it's cute. Yeah. And I have to say, I love your web series, Headcases. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's yeah. a collaboration with um, Felicia Leatherword who's like a natural hair guru. I love her. She's so dope. Like, yeah. she just gets it. She always makes me feel comfortable. She makes everyone else feel comfortable about yeah. hair. She knows what she's talking about. It, yeah, she. it's like, that show, it's so like personal and cuts to the core. It's like an Oprah show masquerading as Harry. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's a huge compliment. Yeah, tell her like, I love her. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely I'll text her and, and pass out. Um, but she's great. I miss her bald head though. Yeah, she'll she'll it's not going anywhere. I feel like <laughs> she's she's very comfortable in her bald head state. I think she's trying to grow it out. Yeah, but I don't know. I really like her bald head. It just looks so good. It, it looks good. Some people just have a great short hair face, and she's one of those people. Yeah, you do too though. Oh Keep gosh, it. Thank you. I was fishing for that, and you caught it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm here. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like race aside, though, I don't know why these like TV execs aren't seeing that there's like parts of our population they're not being reflected on TV and being like, look, there's going to be money there because yeah. no one's doing it. I feel like they're catching on now. In a way, like like there's seventy two yeah. seventy three pilots that are coming out with featuring people of color, but it's like not a lot of them are created by people of color or diverse people yeah. at the end of the day. I don't know, but it's just like I'm I'm curious to know what's your slate of television besides Wife Swap, what is <laughs> what's my I've never slate? seen a full episode of Wife Swap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you anymore, but um what I mean, I, I love like the popular shows. I love Veep. I've been I preaching her for so years. Much. I think she's the best. Ooh, Julia. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I've been down. calling her the best comedic actress on TV, and finally, Entertainment Weekly said that on their cover. Okay, they listen to you. They, they do. They watch the show. the show. They're that with Pharrell watching. But even with, her, <laughs> even with her, like, she has a great ensemble cast. And not to say that she created the show, but I'm giving her all the credit anyway. Right. But, like, the ensemble cast is awesome in terms of, like, the representation of women in comedy. It's awesome in terms of, like, even the diversity of it. Um, like that's just something that's the norm and that's yeah. why it's doing well I think yeah I mean I love all White House shows I love Veep I love Scandal I've been watching West Wing what about House, I need House to go of Cards I can watch West Wing actually West I never Wing's watched brilliant it. Uh, is it on it's on uh, Netflix I believe okay I'm gonna watch that mess because that's been yeah. on like my, my things to watch for yeah. a minute I mean it's like the Birdman shots like four minute sequences like walking around the office and talking okay and they like don't cut that's not the one. No, Twenty Four had the black president. Martin Sheen is yeah. Swing, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. I mean, House of Cards too. House of Cards. I need to watch the third season. I'm like watching it with someone, and they're pulling oh. me back. Oh man. Um. I third season. The first like half, it's slow but good, and then after you get over that like hump, it's awesome again. Okay. I cannot wait. I'm gonna put my foot down on one. I might have to like sneak watch it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't want to bring your relationship. I mean, you might. Don't blame it on me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I don't want to throw like shade, but I want. I don't think that like non minorities understand what a luxury it is to watch a show and see all faces that look like them. I mean, how could they? Because they see that all the time. You know, right? Like they like like it's the standard. It is the norm. So to see that 
they would only know what it is if, if it was missing. And if, even if it were missing, then but, but that I would mean, be real I, life. I mean, like, I, lo- I loved Empire from day one. Like, mm. I didn't feel a missing piece. And I feel like that's how it's always been. Like, uh, again, I always go to the 90s, but, like, there were tons of shows of color that everybody was watching because yeah. it was just like, you know, you everyone was watching Fresh Prince and Family Matters. Like, millions... Um, tens of millions of people were watching the same shows yeah. and nobody was like, there are too many black people, there are too many Latinos on TV. <laughs> it was just like, I like this episode and it's yeah. funny. And I don't, I, I guess, you know, somewhere along the way that like audiences, I mean, execs wanted their audiences to be as broad as possible and they equated that with just whiteness. Weird. It's just weird that they like see shows like a Glee and they're like, we want a Glee mm-hmm. instead of being instead like, of, Glee's yeah. done, been done. Like, we could do it again, and it could be good, but let's do something new and make it great. That's just the nature. Like, everyone's just copying each other and, like, trying to produce someone else's hit, which is so boring until you have... Like, the shows that stand out are are when people, like, are kind of away from the crowd and are are creating their own stuff. Yeah. That's why Netflix popped off the way that it did, because it was creating stuff that... I mean, it knew that people liked based off of its data, which is genius, but it was also just like, we're not going to give you any commercials. We're going to let you binge watch it. We're going to do something outside of the norm. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to like, watch a show, um, like non-minorities get like a slew of characters to pick who to relate from. Yeah. And then minorities are given one. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what if I don't relate to this person? And that's what sucks because typically, like that one representation constantly like to your point gets reproduced and reproduced and reproduced again until it's just like are you ever going to give me anything different who's going to be the one to give something different right which is i guess a good segue into your tv show are you like uh, (laughs) i don't know how (laughs) much you're allowed to like talk with that about it i mean only as much as we're we're doing so far but yeah it's definitely not anything that's on tv right now um i'm excited to make it it's really close to my life and my experiences as as is most of the stuff that i do in the first place yeah but I I really hope that we get to like go to series because there's just so many stories to tell, yeah. and I know that other people will relate to either my character or the the character of my best friend. So I'm I'm excited about it. Right now, they just have the pilot order. The pilot order, exactly. Okay. And we're supposed to be shooting this summer. Are right, you the best friend cast? No, nothing has been. Oh, we're really? still trying to lock down our director, so oh, nothing's wow. been cast just yet. Okay. And are these all, like, things that you're, like, hoping to, like, work in? Like, I know it's, like, a, a black friend, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, um, I don't know. I just, that's, that's great. Yeah, I mean. It's they're, tricky. They're definitely, it's it's tricky, but I feel like it's, like, necessary. And, and again, yeah, it's based yeah, yeah. off of somebody. Like, people have, like, there are groups of black girlfriends out there. Like, that. No. That, they, no. <laughs> that exists. I saw it on Girlfriends, if that's it. That one time? Yeah, that's true. It's done, though, I thought. Uh, that's done? No, now black girls aren't friends anymore. I'm You're just right. worried because we already solved the issue of racism in Hollywood, so, like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know. What, what more can I say? <laughs> but there's just so much to cover, and people don't realize, like, how much has not been touched like, yeah. in, that, in that experience. Is it tricky because... Like, you wrote in the book that, like, the young women series are, like, girls, two bro girls, all oh, yeah, white yeah. women. Mm-hmm. Um, you're black. <laughs> yeah, did you? And for people listening. Okay. <laughs> he says black. Um, is it hard because you're not, you're going to be telling, like, your stories on TV, but you're not telling every young black woman's story? Yeah, but I hope that, like, not to say that mine will be the only one out there, but I hope that it will open the doors for other stories to be told. And I don't ever, gotcha. like, 
I don't pretend or purport to be the end all be all of the black right, female of experience course. at all. Um, not even the awkward black girl experience because there are like this tour has taught me that there are various kinds, and um, I'm happy for that. But I, I just want alternative representations to be seen. That's just it at the yeah. end of the day, mine included. Yeah, I feel like like change has to be like ingested at a rate that ha- can be sustained. But, like, that awareness sometimes creates, like, a hesitation and then, like, paralysis. Wow. Awareness of what kind? Awareness that it takes, like, it's time. And that time can be, like, sped up and slowed down. But it's, like, they're afraid to go too fast. So they just don't move. But, I mean, are they are they even aware at, at this point? And, like, to me, I'm talking about, like, network executives, period. Or executives, uh, people in positions of power. Like, I just don't feel like this is on their radar at the end of the day. I, I think that they're, I don't know. I think they're getting confused because they see like, like the Glee example. Glee, it's, and they think it's a formula. Glee worked, let's get Glee. Whereas they're seeing Glee as a successful show. What they want is a successful show and yeah. not Glee copied. So do you, you, I mean, to your point earlier, you said that they don't, they want to replicate Glee itself as opposed to like uh, an ensemble com and a diverse ensemble comedy. So I feel like at this point now, perhaps maybe they realize that they're going to they want that diversity sells. Yeah. I think they do realize that for yeah. sure. But now they're just going to try to create more empires and more scandals, which they've already tried to do. They've been trying to create like this black female lead on the slate of like fall 2016 or yeah. 2015. It's going to be all like a lot of female driven yeah, dramas. Yeah. And that's not that's not an improvement to me because they still don't have those experiences. They still don't have um, the backgrounds to tackle like yeah. diverse subjects. Not an improvement, and yet I think it still should be like taken and enjoyed. You know? I know. I I mean, at the end of the day, this is entertainment, but yeah, I can still be annoyed by it. Like some of these shows that they put out will be great because they'll have great casts and great directors. Yeah. Um, but I can. I still want more. I still want better. Yeah, I think too. Unfortunately, my, like my limited experience, I've seen that in Hollywood. Pe- someone else has to tell your story before you're allowed to tell your own story. That's what's so frustrating, and I feel like we need to take those reins back. Um, like, why is that the case? I think it's because that person's like on the inside, being like, "We're gonna tell your story." Versus, like, if you're on the outside, it's like no one can hear you. I mean, even now, like there are all these slave movies that are allowed to be told like Viola's cast as Harriet Tubman which is great um but like why are you, like why you've decided that slave movies are like okay you we can tell these stories now under under our lens and under our like sort of microscope um but we're gonna tell it for you still yeah you can have this but we're gonna make this happen for you yeah and I'm um, looking at, like, the Ava DuVernay's of the world. She's awesome. Yeah. She, she's like, scares me, like, her, like, intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's really brilliant. She's, like, a powerhouse. She knows what she's talking about. She's one of those people that's taking the reins, like, you know, with Selma, um, with her own, with a firm, with her film initiative in terms of, like, releasing films on our own terms as, as opposed to waiting for Hollywood to tell us, to allow us to tell our story. Oh, really? Um, she's just... A power player, definitely someone I look up to. Yeah. As like the youngest person there, were you not like looking around and being like, wow, these are big shoes to fill? 
Um, for sure. I would, like I said, I didn't feel like I ne- I belonged there, especially like listening to their conversations. You have people like our, the two showrunners, Shonda and Mara, who have several shows on the air or have had several shows on the air. You have you know Ava, who was uh, whose film was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. You have Debbie, Debbie Allen, who's a legend, who, who I grew up watching. Um, and yeah, sorry. I like. I felt like, oh, okay. What's my role? Well, I, these are big shoes to fill. I'm happy to be in yeah. the company of these amazing women. Mm-hmm. And of course, they made me feel like just amazing to be there. They made me feel like I, I belong there. Of and, course, yeah. You know, even in our um, in our in our dinner sessions, you know, like just knowing that they're mentors um, and I have them in my corner is just like the most surreal thing ever. That's amazing. And then also you have a mentor, Larry Wilmore. Love him. <laughs> he is my favorite person on earth, and he's killing the nightly show. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, this is what he was born to do. Yeah. Um, how, how did you get connected with him? We actually have, like, all the same... It's like a Hollywood story. We all have, we have all the same representation, and when, oh. when I um, sold my pilot for Insecure, they were, they were like, you're going to need a showrunner. Um, you should meet Larry. And I was like, oh, my God, I love him. So we had a meeting... We really just hit it off. He was like, maybe he could be like your supervisor when, when you write the script. So, you know, we were just talking. And then in our meeting, he was like, hey, you know, I would love to write this with you. Would you mind? And I was like, no, I wouldn't mind. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And he just elevated it in a way that was just like, I, I, I haven't looked back since. Like, he's, wow. he taught me so much. And he's just so non no nonsense and so secure in his vision and, and who he is. Like, I tried to... You know, rub off. I tried to take what I could, rub against him. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Is Insecure the HBO pilot? It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. So initially it was called Nonprofit, and we changed it to Insecure. Okay. So um, Larry hosts a nightly show. Um, just I don't. We don't want to get into the current events of like what's going on in America right now, but like it's it's crazy. Yeah. And it hasn't like let up. Is he's so into current events? Or is that something that you're trying to like put into the show? I mean. Uh, on a, on a surface level, I think it'll be addressed for sure. Yeah. But like because of our shooting block, I mean, I'm sure, unfortunately, pr- oh. police brutality seems to have a history of being an issue. And yeah. unless we make like concrete changes in our law enforcement and our laws in general, like will persist. So I'm sure it'll always be topical, unfortunately. Um, I don't want to say that, but. Yeah, for the most part, we'll try to be as topical, surface topical as possible. But wow. we can't so much beyond the current events. Oh, because it could be like six or nine months. Exactly. Before you see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Which I don't know how The Simpsons does it. The Simpsons is really, really good. And they like shoot, they do six to nine months animation, all that, and they still manage to remain topical. I have no idea. School. We'll ask Pharrell. <laughs> uh, yeah, people are me so day. mad. <laughs> it's Pharrell here. We have a call from Pharrell. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I read in a recent interview with you that you said that you never want to be famous. Yeah, I do not. And yet, in success in your chosen career has brought fame and will continue to bring fame. But not like an obscene level of fame. I will never be Britney Spears breakdown I've already shaved my head once I will never be like I just don't I don't want to be on TMZ TMZ will not care like I just don't want that life and I feel like I can just maintain 
just enough where people care about the content and not me. I wouldn't. I'm not one to be. I'm not going to date famous. I'm not going to go. I don't like to go to events and be seen. I don't need all that. I would rather just stay under the radar. I just. I wonder if you're being like too humble because it's like the way that like it seems like things are heading. Like it could be that way. I don't. I think it's really just like it's on an HBO show. You know, that's gonna be that could be like a big deal. A lot of those shows are. Yeah, well, I think, okay, so like Alina Dunham, for example, she's famous, but I think that she still controls, and it's, well, now especially because she's just like, fuck the media. Mm -hmm. Like, she still controls her level of fame, and I think that, I don't think that TMZ is knocking down her door. I could be wrong. Um, Even Stephen Merchant had Hello Ladies. Paparazzi doesn't care about Stephen Merchant. I could be Stephen Merchant. (laughs) You know, like, that's, it's just that. Like, I don't want that level of... Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you? No. Thank I you. I love going to Trader Joe's alone. That, and I hope, I saw this video of like Iggy, <laughs> Iggy Azalea, like a, a paparazzi guy following her. And she was just like, I'm trying to grocery shop. Can you just leave me? Like, she was like yeah. cursing him out. And he was like, you're famous. Nobody asked you to be famous. This yeah. is what you get. Uh, unfortunately, though, like the opposite end of that is that um, you need certain levels of fame in Hollywood to open up more doors and get more opportunities. True. But not necessarily when you're behind the scenes. Okay. If that's where I aim to be, then I just need to make sure to, to okay. I guess, network outside of the lens of Yeah, you are acting in Insecure, though. Are you, is your, like, looking down the road, do you ultimately see yourself more behind the scenes? More behind the scenes? Absolutely. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that. I love being behind the scenes. I love watching, like, talented people make... Like my words come to life. I love like orchestrating groups okay. of talented people. Like that's fun to like build something from the ground up as opposed to just being in front of the camera. Which not to discredit that some of people course. make or break films and television shows, but I like the behind the scenes. Gotcha. I mean, and behind the scenes, you're writing, you're producing, you're also acting. You co-host on Aspire. Yes. You produce um, Color Creative that you founded. When you meet people in LA, what do you say when the ultimate question comes out? Oh, and what do you do? <laughs> Um, I say, all right, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, all right, I don't, I don't like follow-up questions. But yeah, when people, people tend to do that. And okay. I was just on a plane ride and someone was like, she was this nice older Italian lady and she was just so sweet. She kept on asking follow-up questions. Wait, what? And I was like, um, I wrote a book. Oh my gosh, that's so good. What is it called? And so then What's I your name? Tony Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so young. I look great. <laughs> so I, I try to keep that uh, under the radar. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so Thank much you. for yeah, having me. This is great. Good. Thanks. Um, where can everybody find you on like social media until I'm next at time? Issa Rae on everything. I S S A R A E. Literally everything. Everything. A lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right, guys, I'm Jeffrey Masters. Uh, I tweet from Jeff Masters 1. Until next week, you can find all of our content on YouTube, iTunes, and of course, bookcircleonline.com. Thanks. From managing editor Jason Skomata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.